Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, again, Papa Drag Queen. I'm going to be in Atlanta at the Atlanta Symphony on December 30th, the eve of New Year's Eve. Please spend your time with me. You can go to seethedragqueen.com to, to hear some hilarious jokes. And maybe I'll wear like a festive Christmas outfit. Mm, and guys, you can catch me in Orlando and Tampa. I'm going to be at the Orlando Improv on December 6th and the Tampa Improv on December 7th. So if you're in Florida, come see your girl Monet Exchange. And I'm retiring these jokes, y'all. This year, this is the last time you can hear these motherfucking jokes. So come see me do these jokes in Orlando and Tampa. And y'all, Sibling Rivalry Live is coming to San Francisco at the Castro Theater on January 5th. Now, I know we have had... <laughs> we swear. We swear. This is the final day. We will be in San Francisco on January 5th for Sibling Rivalry Live. So snatch up these last tickets and sell us the fuck out. My name is Bob the Drag Queen. And I'm Money Exchange. And this is Sibling Rivalry. <laughs> On this week's episode, we welcome drag legend Peaches Christ where I grilled Bob all about working with Madonna, and we spilled the tea on what it's like to do drag in Provincetown. And we found out what made Peaches Christ say this. Darren is being read so hard that the clothes just fly off his body. And he's just standing there naked, shivering, cowering, and Bob's just going at it. And we find out what made Bob say this. And her like hand was to her mouth, and her eyes were wide. And she was like, arr, arr, arr. and I was like, oh, wow. Wow, Nini. 
We are so lucky to have on the Sibling Rivalry podcast today the San Francisco uh, icon. She is the one and only Miss Peaches Christ. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a thrill to be here. You're all dolled up. What are you all dolled up for? For you, because, you know, I... I, I I thought uh, I owed it to you to come in full geesh to be on the Sibling Rivalry podcast. I've been waiting for years and years to be on this show. So, But the, the actual truth is I have to do some videos after this to promote some shows. Well, you remember you and I did – you and I did a Patreon exclusive years ago. It might have been during the pandemic. You and I did like a Patreon exclusive audio-only podcast. Yes. For the for – the, for, so if, if, if those of you who are real, true – um, Sibling Rivalry Friends, you can go back into the, the deep annals of, of Sibling Rivalry and get an, an audio-only ver- version of, uh, of the podcast uh, between me and Peaches. For those of you who don't know, Peaches Christ is, um, I'm going to go ahead and say the, the most, you are, I would say, I, I say you're the, you're the San Francisco drag queen. I, I say now that, that, you know, Heclina died. Oh my God, Jesus. I mean, it's not really a question anymore, you know? So, for those of you who don't know, uh, there was a moment where where you could make an argument that the uh, the the uh, San Francisco drag queen was Heclina. Heclina did meet her untimely demise. She was besties with Peaches Christ for uh, years, very much, um, you know, Jinx and Dela, um, Heidi and Jada, Bob and Monet, um, Peaches and Heclina. And how long were you two like? How long were you two like professional buddies? Well, I moved to San Francisco and met her immediately, and we started working together. So uh, that was in 1996. Wow, <laughs> that's a long time. And you're you're from Pennsylvania, right? No, I grew up in Maryland. I went to school in Pennsylvania. That's right, University of Pennsylvania, right? No, that's Penn where State. Smart, that's where the smart people go. I went to Penn State University. Isn't Penn State a really smart college too? I, mean, I went to Columbus State University. I can't talk shit about nobody's school. I didn't even finish. I mean, it's not. It's so University of Pennsylvania is like Ivy League, and Penn State University is considered a very good state school. And that's like where where all the football players are. But there was like a whole thing with the. Yes. There was like a whole thing. Yep. That's with right. The, with with the coach and, and the and the and the players, right? Like something yeah, weird. Yeah, there was some molestation. Yeah, um, Penn State got to get their shit together, honey. Ever since you yeah. left, it's been downhill. Ever since you left in in ninety six. That's true. When I was there, things were fine, and then when I left, it, it all went to shit. But but Peaches Christ, um, her best friend Heclina, um, passed away uh, just this year, actually, just this year, and you you two were on on tour together in yep. the UK at the time. Yes. I mean, do you want me to tell you the story? <laughs> I mean, of course you can. I mean, I don't want you to relive anything that, that you're not comfortable reliving, obviously. Well, I mean, you know, it's I, you would think that I would get asked about this all the time because it was such a big sort of event, uh, not just in my life, but like, you know, it was like a newsworthy event. But yeah. I, do, I think because death makes people uncomfortable for obvious reasons, people don't really ask me about it. And I don't mind certainly you and I talked about it, you know, right when it happened. Um, And I talked to close friends about it, but the truth of the matter is to this day, we still don't have a death certificate from London. So we don't actually, I can't tell you exactly why she died because 
they're still determining that, which seems odd to me and strange. She died in April 3rd, and it's now almost December, right? So that seems crazy. But basically, I was Where's doing her a show body? with her. What's that? Where's her body? Oh, she was cremated in um, London and brought back. So her ashes, her cremains are here in the States. And they were um, divvied up amongst, you know, different loved ones. Do you um, have any? You know, I didn't, I, I didn't take any. I was offered them, but I just didn't, um, I don't know. I didn't feel like I needed that. And I felt like yeah. it was kind of kind of like an extra burden. And honestly, I have so many amazing, um, you know, things that remind me of Heclina, you know, costumes and artwork and mm -hmm. show posters and photos and videos that I just, I don't know, it kind of creeped me out a little bit. What would you, like, let's say you found Monet dead. Um, Fingers crossed. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Too yeah. Soon. Would you, would you want her cremains? No, I don't know that. I, would, I don't know that I would want her cremains, uh, but I would definitely want to, I, I do feel like I should have first dibs at all of her costumes. I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts feels like I should like legally have first dibs at any of her costumes that I want to keep as keepsakes. Right? Would you say that would really up your wardrobe? You know, if I'm, if I'm being fully honest, me and Monet are not quite the same size anymore. She has gotten quite skinny. <laughs> <laughs> so it would just be for, it would just be for memory's sake. But any, right. any of her stuff back when she was thick, Yes, I would take those things. Anything she were on Drag Race, I could, I could fit, I'm sure. But yeah. post Drag Race, she is a, a whole new woman, honey. I'm, I'm working it out. My, I'm trying myself. I'm trying here. I mean, I, 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 okay, can we just I, – I know that you're talking to me and asking me questions. But I just want to say to you and to the listeners, as someone who's loved you for a long, long time, it brings me – in such a rocky year that I've had, speaking of Hecklina's death, you know, it's been such a year of ups and downs. But it brings me so much fucking joy to see you on tour with Madonna. It's surreal. I'm still not used to it. It's so wild. And, like, where are you now and how's it going? I'm in Milan right now, which is Ooh. a show. Been, we, haven't, we haven't done a show yet, but I've been looking forward to the show because Italians go crazy for Madonna. They love Madonna. Madonna. So I'm told this is going to be our craziest show yet, which I'm very excited about. I'm, I'm excited to see the, the fashion here in Milan. I will say when I walked the streets of Paris, I was like, wow, these people really look like 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 uh, fashion, like everyone. They all yeah. look like fashion students and like, you know, some sort of a upper crust people, just the normal people walking into the streets. Um, and, it, and, and, and you're coming to see us at, at the Chase Arena, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Have our tickets and everything. Oh, I can't wait! Oh, this is gonna be, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you backstage before the show. I cannot, I cannot wait to for you to see this show. I'm so, so proud of it, and yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of the show. Really, it proud looks of it. okay. So I've been kind of like not wanting to look at clips because of spoilers, and I, you know, know that I'm gonna go see the show. But of course, there are things that come across my feed where I see you out there with Madonna, who is so teeny tiny and then standing next to you it's kind of hilarious no um, she is this big especially i mean <laughs> spoiler alert at the end of the show i'm wearing at the top and the end of the show i'm wearing her infamous um her infamous her famous uh marie antoinette outfit which by the way glenn close wore before she did wait That's but you're not wearing the actual one peaches come on of, of course not 
actually, fun fact: that dress is like they don't know where it is. It's, it's, it, it got sold at a private auction, so no one knows where wow. it is anymore. And they and they tried to get it back. They tried to get it back for this tour to look at. But uh-huh. the guy just the guy could not be contacted. What's up, Jacob? Can you tell Peaches about the the cone bra for the Pride show? Because that was wild. Oh, so um, yeah. and by the way, we we'll, we will get back to Heckling and pay our respects to her. But as you see, Peaches and I both go on tangents. Um, so when we did the Pride show, I had uh, an original Gautier bra that I was using as a prop, and they were like, "Just put it in your suitcase." They're like, "But they were like, but don't leave my like." I had a suitcase prop too, but they were like, "But don't leave your props overnight." So I had an original Gautier bra in my hotel room just sitting there. Wait, one that he designed for her? With the tag in it still. So why did you have it? I mean, you know, obviously... I was that- using it as a prop during, during the thing. Oh. I opened the suitcase and I pulled out like a bouquet of flowers. I pulled out a veil. I pulled out the cone bra. I pulled out a banana. Things that like have signified oh. an eye patch. Things that signify, you know, Madonna from, from throughout the years. Right, right. Pulled out the the. I don't know if it was the original, but it, it was one of the original cone bras. Like it was, it was older than me. You know, that's um, something I actually have seen in um, a museum because here uh, th- they did it all over the place. But they, there was a Gautier exhibit, and at the end there was a whole section on Madonna, and they had you know different cone bras and things that you know he had designed. So like you were kind of, it's almost like you were carrying the the holy grail of gay artifacts Honestly. in your bag. And I met Gautier because Gautier was our guest in France, in Paris. Mm. He was he was he was a guest on stage. And um and honestly he, he was it was just amazing. And um and I, I'm not even kidding. I think that Gautier may have done his best work on this tour. If you look at the outfit that Madonna's wearing for Vogue, she wears like a she, I think she has like three or four that she's done now they, they keep rolling out. This these outfits that she's wearing for Vogue are I legit when you get up close, there is it. When you see like, tr- like true, like hot couture, like when you see, tr- yeah. like true, like when you get this close to it, you're like, oh, this is literally on a different level. Yeah, this is like this is like I've literally never seen clothes like this before. It's it's that it's, it really is that crazy. Um, well, Bob, I have to tell you. Truth or dare, like seeing this uh, happen for you and, and being, you know, um, a close friend of yours has been so, it's just been so incredible because, and I'm older than you, so I know that you, and you and I have talked about this a lot, like our pop culture references are different. The thing about Madonna is that she spans so many decades, right? So for me, you know, her doing Like a Prayer and me growing up Catholic and her being banned by the Catholic church and being fired by Pepsi. Because Three she, times. You know, yeah, she kissed a black saint in a music video and all of that shit was amazing. And then that tour, that Blonde Ambition tour, which of course is documented in Truth or Dare, was the first time my young queer ass ever saw any pop star, any queer icon, anyone of her level, of her stature, come out and say unapologetically that there was nothing wrong with being queer. And not only that, but she put queer sissies of color on stage with her prancing around at a time when no one was doing that. Nobody was doing that, you know, and she's a hero, you know, to me, especially. So to get to see you perform alongside her is just, you know, it's just amazing. 
You're right. I, I'm, I've, I've been seeing her impact as I, as, as I travel the world with her and, and recognizing some of the truly, and I guess this is going to end up being the one about Madonna, the truly remarkable thing that she does. You know, there's this old clip of this guy, this like, guy, she's like doing some news or like with something with MTV, and she walks into a record store, and this guy, this random guy just goes, hey, you're Madonna. And he's like, and she's like, yeah. And he goes, I have some nude photos of you. Like, I have like your nude photos from when you were like 16. Do you want, uh, do you want, oh, do you want, he was like, do you want to buy them from me? And she was like, no, not really. He goes, but what if I release them? And she was like, well, then maybe you can make some money, but I'm not going to buy them. I'm not going to buy them off of you. And then I think like the next year she was like, if you're going to threaten to release my nudes, I'm going to fucking do a whole book. I'm going to release my own nudes. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to take pictures of my own pussy. I'm going to put pictures of my pussy and I'm going to monetize it. I'm going to sell it. And it's going to be like. Uh, it would have been like uh, I think like say like it would have been a New York Times bestseller book. But they weren't allowing it to be sold in New York Times. It was like it was like a whole thing. Yeah, and, and she and she also was the first person to release a, a music video on VHS because v, because MTV refused to play the video. They just yeah. would not play it. Guess who was first in line to buy that VHS tape? Um, Peaches. Girl, and and I had to hide it from my mother. I'm screaming. I I, I have two copies of Madonna's sex book. Um, and I need, I need to, I need to get her to sign it eventually. Yeah, you I, do. I, I haven't. They're they're back at home. They're back. Jacob has them. In his, you know that like pe- people like me are going to annoy you for the rest of, of your life, wanting you to talk about this experience. I don't have to talk about it. It's it's. I mean, it's 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 terribly exciting for me. I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about this. So fun fact for you all. So I I I grew up a a, a wayward drag orphan, so to speak. I didn't I didn't have a drag mom, um, and but I did learn. I want to say out loud that I did learn from four specific drag queens who I call my drag aunts or my, my drag sisters, uh, Peppermint, Sherry Vine, Bianca Del Rio, and Bibi Zahara Benet. I watched these queens in New York City um, and just took in everything. I, I mean, I learned a lot, a lot about like how to just put on like a, a kick-ass show from, um, from Peppermint. I learned how to deliver a joke and, and truly do a level of like professionalism from Sherry Vine. I learned how to be cutting and biting from Bianca Del Rio. I learned how to be a diva from Bibi Zahara Benet. But I never, but neither of them were ever my my drag moms. In fact, you know, I'll tell you more about my relationship with these women after this break. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems counterproductive, right? Well, Apartments.com's instant alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in the place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tool lets you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So now you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments.com's instant alert means you can spend less time online looking for the perfect place and more time to do you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. 
it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Okay, so we're back. So, um, so, but I never asked anything about my drag. Although, although BB will, BB nowadays will like say that she's my, my mom. Um, what? But B, I know. Hear me out, Peaches. Hear me out before you, before you, before you wow. go, go fight her. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, um, Bianca, Sherry, and peppermint really are my my my, my older sisters. they are my my drag i mean pepper is not much older than me actually um bianca and sherry considerably older yeah <laughs> considerably older than me um but when i was on a tour with peaches um for, so first time i worked with peaches christ was um for uh return to great gardens with jinx monsoon this is before i was on drag race um and you hear about me by the way I heard you on the Feast of Fun podcast uh, way back when. I mean, it, God, <laughs> Feast of Fun. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Wait, did you ever take my, my drama with Feast of Fun? You told me about it. Yeah, I don't know if I ever added it out. I, I don't know if they know that. I, so when I was preparing for RuPaul's Drag Race, Feast of Fun was doing a show called Cooking with Drag Queens, and they wanted to come to my house and do do uh, cooking, with, cooking with Drag Queens with me. And I was like, sure, but I gotta let you guys know, I'm really busy. Like, this is, like, it's crazy. I was preparing for Drag Race. I didn't tell them. I was like, this is the busiest I've ever been in my life. So my home was in shambles. And then they went back to Chicago and told everyone that I was a hoarder. Like, <laughs> several people came up to me and were like, oh, yeah, Mike and Fausto told me you're a straight-up hoarder. And I was like, yeah, my apartment was crazy because I made, like, 23 costumes in two weeks while preparing all this stuff in wigs. So, yeah, my apartment was crazy. But I didn't think they were going to go back to Chicago and tell everyone I was a hoarder. So I haven't spoken to them since then. Uh, well, you know, I, I, I actually have no clue about that because they never said that you're a hoarder to me. Um, but, the, but, but besides that, I'll always be grateful to them because they were introducing me to all these people, you know, because you know, they interviewed so many different queer uh, folks, this is before Drag Race, before, you know, a lot of uh, the internet had as much queer connection as it does now. And so you were on their show, and I remember listening to you and just being like, this bitch is smart and funny and clever, and I want to work with her. And I basically just reached out to you shortly after that and said, hey, I'm coming to New York um, with Jinx Monsoon, and are you available to play um, a Jackie Onassis uh, type in this show. Basically, you play Bob the Drag Queen, but it's as if you're the Jackie O, you know, yeah. archetype in the show. And, of course, you showed up. You were a total pro. And I felt this sort of easy 
I don't know, connection to you pretty immediately. Like I just, I knew I would like you and then I fell in love with you and then, and then the rest is history. Yeah, we got along like gangbusters pretty much immediately. And yes, you're right. Malcolm Fausto interviewed a lot of queer people. They're great. Yada, yada. <laughs> His name you're is so- Mark, not Mike. No, Mark, Mark Fillion and Fausto Furnos. Yes, yeah, Mark exactly. Fillion. Yeah, and Fausto Furnos. Um, you're right. They are. They they have done. And because you know, I actually learned about um a lot through them as well, including my dear friend Mateo Lane. Uh, I, I found out about Mateo Lane through the Feast of Fun podcast because Mateo's from Chicago, and and I reckon they knew each other from because you know my Mike and Fausto are um Mark. Why are you saying Mike? Mark and know. Fausto are Chicago gay royalty. Yada yada yada. Anyway, that being said. After that, um, I got pretty much short, shortly after we worked together, maybe like a year later, I got cast on RuPaul's Drag Race. And then I um, I was, the first show I did with you, was it Hokum Pokum? No. I don't remember if it was Hokum Pokum first or Legally Black. Which, which by the way, Peaches did not want to call it Legally Black. I <laughs> demanded. Peaches was like, we have to call it Legally, Bla- Legally Bob. And I was like, no, Peaches, I'm only doing it if we call it Legally black and yeah that's like, true so peach had to go out and be like just so you guys know this is bob's i that's you know i you were right completely but um there were a couple things that you were pushing me to do <laughs> okay just so the listeners know when bob and i were discussing me creating a show for bob which is like you know, there's queens that come along that I'm so inspired oh, by. Yeah, we should I, tell I, them. We should tell them like your your main thing in in San Francisco to the people who 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 don't know. The Peaches like is most known for two things: Midnight Mass, which is these midnight showings of horror films at the um at the uh the the Castro the Castro Theater, and also these parodies of shows. She will do these like write these gay parodies of yeah. shows um and then cast you know uh basically queer celebrities in them everyone from everyone from um uh bob the drag queen uh jinx monsoon mink stole um Marley, Mar- have you had margaret, Marley, you had margaret cho yeah. um steve i mean everyone you've had you've had you've had them all yeah so you, I was going to write a show for you and we were tossing around ideas and um, I'll never forget, like you wanted to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you the wanted to blurple. do the color blurple. And I was kind of like, okay, you should do that show. I just don't feel like I, you know, and I'm genuinely obsessed with the color purple. Like yeah, I totally, totally love both the book and the movie. And I actually love the musical and they're making a movie of the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like some of the stuff, what I do is, is tend to take things that are transgressive and, and underground and kind of make fun of them and warp them and queer them with the color purple one. It's, you know, not really my story to tell Two, mm-hmm. it's already queer, you True. know, it's about a queer woman. Um, and three, it's subject matter is too serious. Like very it's dark. Too, yeah, it's too dark for me but to kind of make a still, comedy. It's like a black camp classic. Like it is camp. Yeah, like, it, it is, is. It is sad, but it is so camp. And I have a friend who watched Color Purple for the first time and was like, "The way that black people talk about it, I thought it was a comedy because yeah. black folks are always saying like, you show is ugly. You told Hoppo to beat me,' and they're like, I didn't realize it was a. It was my. It was like when my mom watched Rent.'" 
She said, I watched the trailer. The trailer for the Rent movie was singing. They were like, who? Hey. Oh. And she's like, I watched it. And I was like, this is sad. Everyone's dying. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, but Peach is very wise. He was like, do do the color purple on your own. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then I pitched the idea of doing Legally Bob to you because a bunch of people had asked about Legally Blonde. And I rewatched the movie and I remember saying to you, that movie is so white. Like it is Very. just so white. What if we did something, you know, kind of transgressive where we re- retold it, but through a different lens. And then you, of course, said, I insist that we call it Legally Black. And honestly, it was honestly one of my favorite shows that we that I've seen. I mean, maybe I'm biased and I've seen. A lot well, of no, shows. me too. I love that show. So fun. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I, Peaches is here to let you all know because because a couple of episodes ago, Kim Chi swears I've never called her and wished her happy birthday or anything, which oh, is that's crazy because right. I've been at like two of her birthdays in a row back to back. And then one time I literally just of my own volition flew to Portland, Oregon just to – for surprise, I surprised Kim Chi. I only told Peaches. I yep. surprised Kim Chi to watch her and Willem um, and who else? Laganja. And Laganja do mean gays or what? That's call right. I can totally vouch for you. You, 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 and I were talking a few weeks ago, and you said that I don't remember what you said, but basically that Kim Chi was like acting like you're, I don't know, selfish or that you don't haven't done anything to support her or something. <laughs> and I am the first to say Bob is so sweet and. It, and that was really for Kim. You kind of made it clear. You were calling me going like, I'm thinking about flying out there and surprising Kim. And you did it. You flew out to Portland, you know, from wherever. I don't remember where you were coming Probably, from. I was in New York at the time. Yeah. And you put yourself up and you came to the show. So Kim really owes you an apology. Th- thank you. Thank you. And Monet was just up in her yes queen and her. And I was like, y'all is wild. <laughs> they are wild. Like, wild for that but that aside so after traveling with um peaches christ uh because we we did travel together me you and jinx because you do if i recall your circuit used to be you do a weekend run in san francisco and then we go to portland and then seattle and 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 then la yeah and la yes yeah and we did um we were doing a run of uh hokum pokum which was also very fun it was me uh, you and Jinx, such yes. a great. That was a great cast. You've done this show several times with several different, with, with a few different casts. Yeah, but you know, you, you I rewrite it for whoever is doing it, and you have one of the best numbers of any iteration of Hokum Pokum because we did Curse first. Curse first, yes. <laughs> and I yes. love that number. I need to release it for like Black Cat, Black Brew. <laughs> yep, you do for Halloween, girl. I just remember doing, writing black cat, black broom, yeah. black broom, you fly to the room. Honestly, inspired. Yeah. Truly inspired. And it I, was and, great. I, and I wrapped it live, which was hard because, which I don't know why I insisted on wrapping it live because when I wrote Purse First, I didn't consider it because I was lip syncing. You can't, the, there's no breaks. It goes straight from chorus to verse to chorus to verse to bridge. There's nothing. So I was, I remember being so winded and i'm up there dressed like kathy and jimmy yeah in a corset which by the way you you work with um a couple of different people um who are the who are the designers you work with 
Well, at that time, I think that show was done by Amy Sarazan, who's mm-hmm. now gone on to be um, the full-time employee uh, of Trixie Mattel's sweatshop. Um, so, you know, Amy, I lost Amy to Trixie. But at the time, Amy had done Hokum Pokum. I feel like you've launched a lot of careers for in terms of like, and also um, one of your light guys works for um, Obsessed now. Oh, really? What's his name? The one who always wears the tiny shorts and he does the lights. Oh, yes. Ray Light. Ray yes. Light, who wears, who yes. just, I, by the way, I don't care what the, it could be December in in Norway. Ray Light is going to wear these get it girl shorts. Yes. Yeah, she, she's always in like tiny little hot pants. Mm-hmm. And now she's fucking doing lights for Obsessed, who who did Mia Monet's tour. So Ray Light did the lights for um, Sibling Rivalry. Um, right. when we went on tour Amazing. and does the lights for Trixie and Katya and and just Trixie's just stealing all your stealing the, the big blonde hair, the big yeah. makeup. It's yeah, it's, it, we need to send a cease and desist. It's getting kind of creepy. It well, you know, I you know, I met Trixie when she was just a little child. She was 18 years old, and we went to uh Milwaukee to do um All About Evil when I, I made my movie. Uh, I went on this sort of cross-country tour with the movie. And so Mink Stoll and me and a bunch of people went to Chicago and Milwaukee. And in Milwaukee, we were working with, um, at the at the Oriental Theater, I think. And we were working with the Rocky Horror cast. And there was this kid in the cast dressed as this mummy and was in our show. And I remember, like, compared to the rest of the cast, she had the most talent. And so I was like, what's your name? And she said, Trixie. And then we became Facebook friends. And... Um, I'll send you the picture, but there's this insane picture of she and I backstage and she's barely wearing any makeup. And I said to her, you need to wear more makeup. And the rest is history. Oh my God. <laughs> How does it feel? Okay. I have a question. Cause I, 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 I'm not quite at your level of, um, like, like, uh, Queens who are like solidified in their, uh, not quite as you, cause you're, you're really like every, a, a woman of a certain age. Yes. Okay. I see, but you're not quite as old, is yeah, what you mean. But but I'm not quite as young. And I realized that when I go back to New York City, a lot of folks who are like, "Oh my God, Bob the drag queen," and I or I go to these bars and I realize like I only I only know one person who works there now. You know right. what I mean? And like there's there's all these drag queens. I don't know. I I like don't know any of them. Is there a moment for you when you are like, I have been doing this for a, like how long have you been doing drag? Well, since '95. So it'll be 30 years soon, next year. That's wild. One, two years, Isn't 30 it? years. That's, that is wild. That, like your 30-year drag reunion. Like how does, yeah. that, how does that feel to you? Are, are, you, is it, are you like, yeah, that's pretty par for the course? Uh, I think it feels like, you know, you grow up and you hear old people talk and they always say these things that are like, you know, I don't feel old and I can't believe, you know, life is, you know, wasted on the young and, you know, things, you know, uh, move as quickly as, I don't know, the blink of an eye and all that shit that you hear. But when you're young, you just hear it. And then when you get my age, you go, oh, my God, it's all true. This is so weird. I don't feel this old. I don't feel like I'm turning 50 years old. You know, I mean, I did start doing drag in college, so I was pretty young, you know. Um, So I'm not quite as old as, uh, you know, some of the the people I get um, in a flattering way, you know. I'm lumped together with people like Jackie and Varla, but they're actually about a decade older than I am. And we'll always be, and we'll talk about that when we get back. And that's on period, honey. So 
So when I think about the queens who are like uh, from this certain era, and but you're all from a kind of a similar era, even though the, some of you are like literally like like RuPaul is about 15 years older than you. Yeah, roughly. yeah, yeah. But you're kind of from a similar era, which is funny because yeah. even though I, I'm 37, you're for how old are you? 48. Uh, 49. I'll be 50 in a few weeks uh, in January. So I'm a, so so I'm about ten, roughly like ten, twelve years younger than you, but we have like an overlap. But because you're a little bit older, you and like RuPaul and Jackie Beat have this overlap. Oh my god, yeah. you're you're the Gen X. You're 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 a no, yeah, you're a Gen Xer, right? Yeah. So I'm a younger Gen Xer. Um. So you know, Jackie Varla. I mean, I'm definitely Gen X, but culturally and and you know, that's the 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 generation I for sure identify with. You know, I grew up grunge and even drag was grunge you know when i started um but i idolized um especially because i grew up on the east coast i idolized well first i was you know introduced to drag through divine you know growing up in maryland and frankenfurter watching the rocky horror picture show but then when i was like trying to find drag queens um that were doing stuff i found jackie beat lady bunny uh, Flotilla DeBarge, um, mm-hmm. Floyd. I don't know if you know who Floyd yeah. is, but yeah, Floyd. Mistress Formica. Yeah. You know, they were all the New York queens. Mona, Mona Foot. Mona Foot. Oh my God, rest in peace. All right, you know? Mona Foot. Yeah, we lost Mona Foot uh, during COVID. COVID. She, she, yeah, she, yeah, she and COVID, yeah. You know what, Bob? You were there. I idolized those queens so much. And then I've had the pleasure of getting to work with a bunch of them and befriend be friends with a bunch of them, but there's some that I had never met. I'd never really gotten to work with them or we met in passing, but something really cool happened and you were there for it, which was the, the sort of remount that Neil Patrick Harris did of um, Mm -hmm. Wigstock in New York with Bunny. And that was amazing because everyone was there. You know, all of those people. Lipsinka was there. Yeah, that was iconic. Can I tell, can I tell us, can I tell a story? So at Wigstock, uh, some of the earlier girls had gone over, Jackie B, some of the earlier girls had gone over. So the girls who were later in the show, their time was getting significantly shortened. And and they kept coming back to Hecklina, rest in peace, and Peaches Christ and being like, we're pushing you back. We're shortening your time. We're pushing you back. We're shortening your time. We're pushing you back. We're shortening your time. They even cut the mic off on Amanda Lepore. Amanda Lepore is in the middle of her song. You can, you can find the video. She just, she gets so mad. She just throws the mic in the air and it just lands behind her. Right. And, um, and they end up cutting completely this legend in New York City. Her name is Princess Deandre. She is an absolute, I I mean, this, she is legendary, truly like, when you think of a drag queen, it's her. This is this is who you're talking about. Well, like you know flawless I mean? old school, and and I mean that in the in the best way. Yes. But like flawless old school drag, incredible. She also is quicker, as just the quickest wit. She she had some. She worked at Lucky Chang's, and so so many of the saying that we said at Lucky Chang's are all stuff from her. She would say, um, she would always say, "What can I get you all to drink today?" And, and don't ask for nothing hot. Don't ask for nothing. No, nothing hot, nothing cold, and don't ask for no goddamn mojitos. That was like an official saying at <laughs> at Lucky Chains. Nothing hot, nothing cold, and don't ask for no goddamn mojito. And she would always, uh, whenever she wanted to get paid, she go, "I would, I need my shekels. <laughs> Run me my shekels and vittles. My shekels, my vittles." Um, 
she was she really coined that phrase. But anyway, they cut her. That, that were you there for the showdown around all that, baby? Was I there? So they they told her that she wasn't going to get to go on. She is over it. She's had it. She's letting. And she's calling them everything but a child of God. Left, yeah. right, and, and and to her defense, fair. She had been there. She had given her whole day to this. Yeah, she given her whole day to this. But then when they get down, once they uh, what's that queen's name from uh from from P Town, the really messy one, who's her whole thing is being messy. Liza. No, she's like um, she wears. She always has the her backs busting out. Oh, Dina Martina. Dina Martina. Dina Martina goes on and does a bit that's like t- ten seconds. Yeah. She goes, "Some say love it is the road." That's like the whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she uh, goes, thank you, and thank walks you. off. And then, <laughs> and then uh, Princess DeAndre goes, they cut me, but they let this go on? <laughs> and she points to Dina Martina, who, by the way, yeah. is Dina Martina does skag drag. It is intentionally skag yeah. drag. It is booger drag. It's, it is yeah. just like, it's intentionally ugly drag. So you yeah. you have this like flawless diva being like, they cut me for this? And the and if it was the office, the camera would pan over Dina Martina to be like. <laughs> and y'all, just Google Dina Martina. Put a picture of Dina Martina up on the screen, and you will yeah. get an idea of why it is just such a hilarious visual. To- and Dina Martina obviously is completely in on the joke because, you know, the whole character is um, ridiculous by design. But the thing is, is that character and what Dina does in many ways is as bizarre as it sounds it is elevated drag it is she's operating on a totally different level you know and plays to really brilliant smart audiences but i love the idea of deandra not really being familiar with dina martina and just looking over and seeing that come off the stage you know (laughs) like what the fuck is this (laughs) oh I mean, I've been trying to say this for a while. So when we were on tour together, I this was on the Hocum Pocum tour, and, and I love me and Monet both. One of our favorite pastimes is getting Jinx Monsoon riled up. It's so easy. It is so easy. <laughs> so we shared a dressing room in and not Fire Island in P Town for a summer. Yeah. Me, Peaches, and Jinx, and what was that that buff good country singer's name? Um. Oh my God! It'll come to me in a minute. Steve, Steve Grant. Grant. Yeah, he's just like buff country singer. Very sexy. Yeah, and um, and we were sharing this this room with him, and Peaches was actually in like another room. So yeah. me and Jinx were never in the room at the same time unless we were like crossing over. And um, I, like this one, Jinx was like not doing well. She was like she was she was like she was probably a little too much. Do you remember one time Valentine Merman said Valentine Merman? She goes, she goes well. I figured out the problem. I just don't. I just don't drink anymore. And then she goes, I, it's, "This time would be easier because I don't. I don't drink anymore." And then someone goes, "Well, you had a. You had a. Um, some. You had a drink during the show. She yeah. Goes, well, if someone buys me a drink, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have the drink. And you also <laughs> yeah. had a. You had a drink. Um, before the show. Well, I have to have a pre-show drink. So I do drink once before each show. And you, yeah. you're drinking right now. Well, I drink after the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, it went from I don't drink anymore. That, that's because Varla, much like Bianca, is from New Orleans. And so their concept of drinking is so different than any other person's. If you're from New Orleans, uh, your your idea of what it means to be drinking is different than the average 
persons. That tickled me. So Jinx was Jinx was not in a good mood, and, it, and like sometimes even just the fact that we were just laughing, she would get so if we were just laughing, she would just get so <laughs> irritated. So one day it was I was doing three shows a week while Jinx was doing like five. She was doing like two with Peaches and three by her three individual shows by herself. So yeah. she she had like a Monday through Friday schedule basically, but it was probably like Saturday Sunday. Who knows? Five shows a week. I was just doing three. So my shows were all selling out. We were in the same theater. It was at the, was at the, the art house. It's this, it's this uh, dual. It's like an old movie theater. It has two theaters in it. And they're both going on at the same time, actually. Or I was like slightly staggered. Yeah. And um, my shows were always sold out because I was doing barely any. I was doing just doing three shows a week. So they were all sold out. But then, so they were like, if, if the rule in P-Town is if your show is not like 95% sold, you have to go paper, which means you you hit the block. And they call hand it bark painting. It's so you offensive. Bark. Yeah. You go out there and you bark and you have to fucking you 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 see drag queens, burlesquers, strippers, uh singers, comedians all on this on the, the avenue handing out, trying to try, you know, barking, trying to get you to come to their show. Um Lady Bunny famously will not bark. She will hire someone to bark for her, but she will not bark on her own. Um and then I never had to bark, but one day I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna go bark. I sold like 90 Five percent. I want hundred percent sold. So I went on the uh, on the avenue and I'm handing out flyers. And I got in front of Jinx and I told everyone, I said, "Hey guys, today's my last show. I'm quitting drag today. This is literally my last show." And everyone goes, well, "You're quitting drag? Like, yeah, I got. I'm actually going to law school. I got accepted into law school, and I'm quitting drag. So I'm not doing drag anymore. So guys, if you want to see my last ever show, please come." So by the time they're getting to Jinx. <laughs> Jinx is like come to my show, and they're like, "I would, but um, this is Bob's last show." Yeah, they're all and they all keep keep saying, "Jinx, I would come, but this is literally Bob's like last show. She's doing her show, The Ginger Snaps. I always remember the show she was doing." And then she, so she's, so she's so furious. And then I did my entire she yelled show. Yelled at us, remember? Oh yeah, do I remember? Yeah, she because we were in the we were we were in the dressing room laughing because we thought it was funny. Somehow that- I got like roped into it thanks to you because you and I. We're kind of cackling about everything, and like I got in trouble, like guilt by association. Well, me, you, and Kenny, we were all laughing about it. <laughs> and I think it was our. By the way, I just want to point out to everyone that Jinx's show was still sold out. Jinx, yeah, it was not. It was not an empty crowd. Jinx was doing perfect. I did not hurt her business. Um, I mean, each room holds like a hundred people, maybe at the max. Right. Um, and then. So she, so she got mad at us. We kept laughing. We, I, I was telling the story because I don't think Peach was there when I was, I was telling Peaches the story. And then we were just cackling about it. And Jinx was like, well, get back and stop. Fucking funny. And we were like, whoop. And then yeah. she got so mad because her show goes on before mine. And she was, I think she must have said this or heard this. But after my show at the very end, I was like, the crowd, they, I got like a standing ovation. I was like, honestly, you guys are such a great crowd. I can't quit. I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> I said, you know what? You guys are such a great crowd. I'm going to come back and do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, she was really, really over you. Like, not in a not in a joking way. She, no, she was yelled, not joking. Yeah, she, she yelled was, at you. She yelled at me. <laughs> oh, Lord. So we continued harassing Jinx when we did the Hocum Pocum tour. And this yeah. is what really got Jinx crazy. Because I kept being like, Jinx, who's your drag mom? And Jinx was like, I don't have a drag mom. I mean, I mean, Peaches is kind of my mom, 
but I don't really have a drag mom. And I said, and so I went to Peach and I said, oh, you're Jinx's drag mom? And, and, and Peach said, well, she's never formally asked me. Uh-huh. And I said, well, and so I kept egging Jinx. I said, well, Jinx, you're not, you're not her drag daughter. Like, you have to ask. That's how everyone knows. Everyone knows how drag works. You have to ask someone to be your drag mom. So if anything, you're kind of just like a like a weird kid in the neighborhood who won't leave the house. Like you're not really <laughs> her drag daughter. You're kind of like just like an annoying kid in the neighborhood. And Jinx kept being like, I'm her drag daughter. And then I asked Jinx to be my drag mom. <laughs> and then Jinx said, and then oh, Peaches, I asked Peaches to be my drag mom. Also because I truly because I admire your work and what you and the way you were able to just create these, you're a true workhorse. So then I was telling Jinx, I was like, well, actually. Peaches is my drag. Yeah. <laughs> and then Peaches would come out and be like, it is true. Bob is my drag daughter. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, but and that's then, not what put it over the top was when you declared it on Twitter and pointed out that Jinx was not officially my drag daughter. A tr- what a troll! What a troll! But then, but then, then she did officially uh, put in yes. an, an offer. Peaches, were you present for the prom- the Provincetown bike incident? Yes, <laughs> yes, that was with my friend Darren Stein. I was actually very involved in all of that because I had asked Bob if we could borrow <laughs> if we could borrow Bob's bike while Bob was. I guess away briefly, like Bob left Provincetown to go do another I was just gig. There Tuesday, I was just there Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, and I would come. Uh-huh. I would come back every Tuesday, every Monday night, and I would leave every Friday morning. Okay, so yeah. so basically, Darren Stein, the writer and director of the movie Jawbreaker, amongst other movies, is a dear dear friend of mine. He also produced my film All About Evil, and Darren was visiting me in Provincetown, and Bob. Um, was leaving. And so I said, Oh, could Darren use your bike while, while you're gone? And Bob said, yes. And so, um, Darren and Bob also picked up on the fact that Darren, do you remember that? Like you, this is so fucked up. You were walking with Darren on commercial street during carnival, which is like this crazy parade. And you would like hold his hand. And if he like sort of pulled his hand away, you, you would, you would do this thing where you kind of sort of snap and look at him and be like, are you embarrassed to hold my hand in public? What's wrong with you? You don't want to hold my hand. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> you are, you are a terror. And then um, Darren did break your bike. And I guess he didn't really tell us that he broke it. And then you came back and the comfort, the showdown between you and Darren, really just you confronting him was, one for the history books. Well, again, uh, all these stories make me sound crazy, which I'm not saying I'm not crazy. But what happened was Darren Darren borrowed my bike. And um, in, in borrowing the bike, he broke my bike, broke the seat. By the way, I'm renting this bike. This is not my actual bike. This is a bike that I'm renting from this uh, bike shop in town. I've rented it for the whole summer. And um, when I got back, my seat was like, fucked up i couldn't even sit on it it was like wobbly and then it, it, it would like fall over and fall off i was like oh my god my seat is broken and then i text darren i was like darren did you break my 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 bike did you break the seat of my bike and he was like he was not responding and i was like tell me did you break my bike like i'm the bike i'm I'm at the bike and it's broken did you do this and he would not respond so then i found out that he was at jinx and kenny's place 
watching a movie. So I am like riding my bike furiously trying to find this place. It is <laughs> raining. I can't even sit on the bike. The bike is broken. I, if I sit on it, it's going to right up the old bibbly bobbly. So I am in the rain pedaling trying to get this bike and I, and I walk into the house and I was like and I, I remember I remember they were all eating ice cream or you were like eating ice cream or something. We're watching a movie. You're watching a movie and eating ice cream and I started and I was like I was like Darren did you break my bike? Like did you break my bike and just put it back without saying anything? And he was like um uh, I was like did you because my bike yeah. is broken and you did not say anything. It's like so you you knew my bike was broken and you did not say you just put it back were you ever going to tell me? And I don't think he ever said a word. I think he just was just kind of just standing there. It was like, you know when someone, it was it was as if Bob marched into that house. All of us were like, kind of like, because <gasps> it was, you know, this, you know, like the door, you know, flew open. Lightning and then, crashes. Yeah, lightning's crashing. You know, Bob's covered in like rain and, you know grime and grit and um you know the wind is howling outside and poor darren like stands up and is cowering you know and and bob is like did you break my bike and as bob is reading her darren is being read so hard that the clothes just fly off his body and he's just standing there naked shivering cowering and bob's just going at it and finally darren just flew through the wall and was like laying on the lawn outside and then, and then I finished the movie in his place and finished his uh, his chunky monkey ice cream. <laughs> I think me and Darren are cool. Now, I saw him somewhere recently. Wasn't it somewhere with you or maybe somewhere? No, at Bianca's maybe. I feel like we did. And, and you know, I, he, he, I, I will say this. I don't bring up the bike incident to Darren. I think it gives him PTSD. I think I brought it up once and I could tell that it wasn't something. He's still not ready to joke about it. But he was, he was probably like, Bob, confront you know what? I have been called confrontational by many people, but in my defense, he broke my bike. And I, and I think I, I think I ended up paying for it or fixing it or something. I don't remember. Maybe he offered, I can't remember. But it I was, I was so annoyed that my yeah. bike was broken. I was like, this is so upsetting. and so fucking annoying. Do you but remember there was something else I just popped into my head in P-Town when you and I, and maybe it was. Luis? I don't remember, but we were going to like a beach and we got caught in this sort of like tidal pool that came up around us and we had to carry our stuff over our heads. I wasn't there for that one. That was, that was, that was because Luis was hanging out with you all because I didn't go to the bog or walk through the swamp. I have a video of you. I I I was there for this one? Yes, I have a video. I'm going to send it to you. I have a video that I took of you. Um, of you like trying to get through this marsh. Oh no! That, yes, I know. I remember going through. I remember going through the marsh. That I remember vividly. Okay. Yeah. It was like, like a crazy adventure. All because we were heading to the beach where there were, I guess, naked people. Yeah, the naked beach. Yeah, I I, I, I remember going to the naked beach one time, and do you remember? <laughs> I might be getting. I might be doing too much here. I, I think I'm doing too much here. Do Uh-oh. you remember? Trixie's friend. Which one? That guy. Trixie was like, Trixie was, I probably shouldn't be saying this. Was it when I was living with Trixie? Maybe. I'll tell the story and then we'll decide if if I should keep it in. So we got there and Trixie was like, oh, this is, this is my friend. And I was like, oh, okay. You're, you're, how do you guys know each other? And she's like, we went, we went to college together. And I was like, you guys went to college together? Because he was older than her. I was like, you guys went to college together? And she was like, Uh yep. And I was like, oh, okay. 
sure. And then I asked him, I was like, what do you do for a living? He was like, I'm a lawyer. I was like, you're a lawyer? You went to the University of Wisconsin? Do they have a law program? And he was like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. And I went to school with Trixie. And I was like, okay. It just, you know what? Sure. I don't go to that school. Maybe they did. So I just kind of like let it go. We kind of beep, beep, boop. Then we all went, decided to go to the beach. And then um, Trixie left, but her friend was still with us. And we gave him our information. We were like, okay, we'll give you your, you know, um, send us your information. Like, give me, I, I traded numbers with him. I was like, this is Trixie's friend. I'll trade numbers with him. And then down the line, I found out that that was not Trixie's friend. That was a guy she met off Grinder, but she was too embarrassed to say it. So she was just like, <laughs> so she was like, he's my, he's my friend. So now there's just this like random guy who ended up being like a, like a drag race fan, like has my number to this day. He's probably <laughs> listening to this podcast. And I was like, Trixie, why didn't you just sit? She was like, I was embarrassed. Oh my God. I do. I forgot about that until the, the, the punchline. Yeah. You know what? It's funny about Trixie for as outrageous as she is, and she is, and she's so hilarious and crazy. Um, she also could be like a little bit shy and conservative, you know? Yeah, she was like, I was just, I was just too embarrassed. One of my favorite yeah. stories. I was not there for this story, but I, would you please tell the story of, of Jackie Beat forcing you to get tickets to her show? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no! I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm not telling that story. No, I mean, I my favorite story, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm completely deflecting. My favorite story, <laughs> and you're such a bitch, because you know that's gonna get me. In, that would get me in trouble. Um, my favorite story related to P Town and Trixie, or maybe one of my favorite stories of all time, is the story of when Trixie was performing at the post office, and the older queen that was doing a show before Trixie's talked a bunch of shit about Trixie. And then proceeded to open the curtain. And this venue, the dressing room, is right behind the curtain. So Trixie is sitting there, shirtless, putting on her face. Queen is talking about her. She's sitting there going like, God, that kind of sucks that she's talking shit about me. And the queen is saying things like, thank you for spending money on an actual talented queen who's put her time and energy into the business and, and has earned her, you know, her, her reputation as a, as a professional drag entertainer, unlike these drag race girls who go on drag race and, you know, become famous overnight, you know, like Trixie Mattel, who apparently just filmed All Stars, which, of course, you know, you're not supposed to talk about at all. And Trixie's like fresh return from shooting All Stars. It's not out in the public yet that she had shot the show. So that's that's like faux pas number one. Then the queen says, hey, you want to see her? She's here. She's just sitting right back here. And the queen pulls back the curtain and Trixie turns and looks and is like watching the audience who are staring back at her, putting on her makeup. Mortified. Yeah. I would be mortified. You've heard that story though, right? Yeah. Trixie's told me that story. It's so good. Trixie's, and Trixie, <laughs> the way Trixie does, she's, she was sitting there just like. Yeah, hunched over, shirtless, in panties. Like, what the fuck is going? <laughs> P Town is such an odd place. There's yeah. an old video years ago on Jimmy James's YouTube page mm. of Jackie Beat quitting P Town in like the middle of the night. Yeah, she snuck out. 
And I think I think it was on Jimmy James. I can I cannot find this video anymore. But it's Jackie B being like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need this. And it was, it was back when she had when she had her waddle before the yeah. hip surgery. And just watching Jackie B like I just remember being like, P Town is gonna be because it was either like Fire Island or P Town. Fire Island is a much more No, it was P Town. It was legend that was a legendary thing. And that's why when Jackie Beat went back to P-Town, years later, her show was called Never Say Never. I'm screaming. And is this a show where you may or may not have? Yeah, that's the show. (laughs) Okay, one other thing about that venue, the post office, where Trixie was with the queen revealed her. And it's called the post office because it used to be the actual post office. Exactly. It's a a teeny tiny venue. I mean, all the venues in P-Town are small. And that venue in particular is, is a very small one where it's basically one room. It's upstairs. The dressing room is behind the stage. You be, you have to get into the dressing room like before the show, before you starts or else you're not getting into the dressing room. And once you're in the dressing room, there's no uh, bathroom back there. So there's another great story uh, from years before where Varla Jean Merman and Jimmy James were sharing that space and Varla was on stage and Jimmy went to get something on a shelf and didn't realize Varla had pissed in a, in a cooler. And Jimmy knocked the cooler over on herself and doused herself in Varla's urine. And then was stuck back there, covered in Varla's piss. Oh, my. That's crazy. And yeah. you don't know, Varla Gina Merman is like, she's like known for singing opera and hitting the high notes. And Jimmy James is known for two things. One, a Marilyn Monroe impersonation that was apparently impeccably flawless. And yeah. also, the you may have heard the song, Everybody Line Up. The show was about to start. And it goes, Sean, yes. John, Calvin, Klein, Donna, Karen's fashion line. That's uh, that's Jimmy James, the song Passionista. Yeah. Um, no, that is, that is dis- that's disgusting. That's show business, darling. People think that it's, you know, all glamour and being on tour with Madonna. But the reality of it is some of us have to really get down and dirty and work in the trenches. One time we were, at the, we were doing the, like some, maybe like a drag queen Christmas tour or something. But me and Naomi were on tour together. And Naomi was like sick to the point where she couldn't swallow. You ever like had a throat, your throat was so so you couldn't swallow? Yeah. So she just could not swallow. Just hurt. She had a sore throat and it hurt to swallow. So she... um. She was like spitting into this um, Starburst bag, Ugh. like she kept spitting into this bag just over and over and over again because she couldn't swallow and she was carrying it around. And then I, I was like, "Oh, girl, let me have some candy." <laughs> I said, "Oh, let me have some of these." And I, I grab the bag and it just oozes. I mean, sinus infected, just Ugh. like all over my hand. And uh, she was mortified. But I was like, I was like, girl, don't worry. I got you. I took it. I threw it away. I washed my hands. I cleaned the area. I said, baby, get feel better, baby. She was she was <laughs> mortified. At what point did you realize what it was? It was it was when I looked back at her and she and her like hand was to her mouth and her eyes were wide. <laughs> and she was like, oh, and I was like, oh. Wow. Wow. That's hilarious. We should one day do a screening of one of your films on the Patreon. Or one, one of the live that. Or, or even one of the live shows. Maybe, maybe. Oh my uh, God. You know what movie we should do, Bob? What movie? I don't even know if you know about this one. I have a Truth or Dare parody film. 
I did not know about this. For, you mean yes. McDonald's is there? Yes. I made it years ago. It's called Spin the Bottle. Um, and, you know, it's it's a parody of Truth or Dare. I, I wonder if you would – I wonder if – I don't know. I don't know. How, I'll send it to you and you let me know what you think. Work. I, I we, 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 you know, we recreated the Truth or Dare Spin the Bottle scene. Uh, it was me and a bunch of other celebrities, and I didn't even know what was happening. Madonna just kind of like was that the thing with Amy Schumer? That was the thing with Amy Schumer, yes. Awkward. (laughs) Amy Schumer, she was there. That is true. (laughs) She was right there, actually, right there next to me. Um, she was across from me, actually. Um, but also, we could probably show them to um, um, uh, bring it on Queen. Yeah, let's do it. You, 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 have, you have versions of all your all your. I do, yes. Shows. I love that show. That's one that we did with Monet. That was the yeah. first time I ever worked with Monet was for Bring It On Queen, which was, that was you a know. Good, that was a really good show. We it's a really, really together. fun show, yeah. Would you ever do that Little Shop parody that I wrote and sent to you years ago? Yes. I think we should. I would love to co-write a show with you. I think that I would, would love be that. like. Let's do Little Shop. The, 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 tr- the, the reason I'm reluctant to do parodies of musicals is because it gets tricky legally. It's harder yeah. to make them um, true parodies because you're using the music and I you're parodying that. the music. Whereas for my shows, I'm parodying a mu- movie Jacob, and I'm using a bunch of different pop music that we're, you know, um, lip syncing or singing, you know. But when you do a musical, it's a little tougher. Well, Peach, thank you so much. There, oh, is there anything, is there anything that you want to let us know? How how is how are things going with uh, your endeavors? Where, where can people find you? What's going on with 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 Peach's Christ right now? Well, um, I'm actually getting ready to. I just finished writing the script for our show uh, at the Royal Albert Hall in London, which is insane that I do a, a show at the Royal Albert Hall with um, conductor Edwin Outwater. It's the same show that you've done with us in San Francisco, but we're doing it in London on. Uh, December 12th. So if you're in London and you can join us, uh, it's with myself, Le Gâteau Chocolat, Bag of Chips, uh, Carrie Ellis, Anna Lapwood. Um, it's going to be fantastic. And then we do uh, the, the San Francisco version of the show with your drag auntie, Bianca Del Rio, and with uh, controversial trans superstar Dylan Mulvaney, although I don't think she, I don't oh, find her controversial. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to say someone else. I was like, oh God. When you said controversial, I was like, oh God. I wonder who you thought it was. I thought you were going to say Sharon Needles. I was like, what? <laughs> no. I was uh, like, Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess, I, would you, I, I don't even want to say controversial. Dylan Mulvaney is not controversial. That's the thing. That's what's so ridiculous about it all. You know, um, these she idiots. Has, she, has, she sparks controversy. Yes. Anyway, so Bianca, Dylan, and I do, um, and Edwin, and, and a bunch of other people, Sister Roma, um, Kylie Minono, we do our San Francisco Symphony show on December 15th. So those are the things I have coming up. Um, so yeah, go check peacheschrist.com. Uh, yes, actually, that's where you want to find me, peacheschrist.com. Yeah, we're going back to websites. No one's doing social media anymore. We're all going back to websites now. It's I so know. Cool. It's interesting. I'm actually getting mine overhauled yet again. Um, I do find, you know what I use a lot is Linktree. Because if you go to my Linktree, the Linktree will have the direct link to like, you know, Royal Albert Hall, San Francisco Symphony, you know, just everything is there. Also, you all, um, uh, doing this show with you is how I ended up, uh, 
kind of, I, I think it might be a part of how I got on the show Tales of the City. Oh, really? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Be, because when I, I, so I wrote a poem called Sandra Claus. Yes. Which I performed. And I also did a little bit of conducting. <laughs> conducting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Armistead Maupin was there. And Armistead Maupin wrote uh, Tales of the City. And then, like, uh, less than a year later, I was cast in the Netflix reboot of Tales of the City with uh, Olympia Dukakis, Laura Linney, and Elliot Page. And, and uh, Fortune Themester. Yeah. And I will say, uh, there, uh, there's a lot. I, I will say this. I have, I have more drag children than just you and Jinx. But, of course, you and Jinx are the most famous. And both of you have made me... So proud over the years. And one thing I, I want to say to you is you are so good on camera. Like you are so good and on stage. I mean, and, and do, everyone thinks of you as comedy, but I got to see you in Angels in America. And like, you're just so talented, Bob. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so excited for your adventures. And I know that I tease you a lot, but I just wanted to say how much I love you. I love you too. You're very sweet. And you have honestly extended a very generous hand to me when very, very, very few people knew who I was, which I greatly appreciate. I think that your show might be the first big crowd I ever performed for in drag. I think that I think your 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 show at that at that at that college we did was Baruch. Yeah, at the, yeah, but was the first big show I like theater show I'd ever done in full drag. So um, thank you for that. And, of um, and and I and I know I've told a lot of stories about me teasing people, but I'm I'm really not that bad of a person. I swear. And the more I tell all my stories, I'm like, I am. I, am I the drama? Am I the drama? Um. So I love you. Now. I'll talk to you soon, Peaches. Bob, one last yes. thing. Yes. You're gonna be in town. The Madonna concerts at the same time as our revival of the Terror Vault show, The Initiation. So. We're doing that at the oh, same work. time. So if there's a way to get you to come see our show, let's we'll talk offline with Jacob and everything. But I would love to see if we can't make that happen. I want you to see the show. I would love that because I've never got to go to the Terra Vault. Or so yeah, Peaches is y'all. Peaches is honestly doing so much stuff. It's kind of crazy when you sit back. I think at the end of your career, which will probably be soon, at the end of your career, <laughs> you will be able to be like, I have accomplished so much fucking shit. All right, Peach, thank you so much for joining me today. I, I love you so much. Thank you for being, you just, you've always been very sweet to me. You've always been kind to me, even when very few people knew who I was. So thank you so much. Thank you, darling. Love you.